Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh, new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke, patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God. And this week, I want to welcome my dear friends uh, throughout Africa. And today, I want to greet those whose countries begin with the letter C in, in Cabo Verde, uh, uh, Cameroon, Central African Republic, Chad, Comoros, Congo, that is the Democratic Republic of Congo, and then the Republic of Congo and Cote d'Ivoire. Greetings, warmest greetings to all of you. And I'm so grateful for my friends also in South America and Argentina and Bolivia, Bolivia, uh, Brazil and Chile, Colombia, Ecuador, French Guiana, uh, Guiana, uh, Paraguay, Peru, uh, Suriname, Uruguay, and Venezuela, uh, Bienvenidos, and uh, my dear friends in uh, Kenya and then throughout East Africa, Mungu Akubariki, and then, of course, that means God bless you, uh, Mungo Akubariki Sana, God bless you greatly. And then for my dear friends in uh, my my l- l- beloved Kamuli, Uganda. Again, I am so happy to be with you. Ndimusanyufu Okuba Nawe. That means I'm happy to be with you. And Tatawo Owamugulu Akwagala, which simply means in the Luganda language, your heavenly Father loves you. And I also want to say to you, my friends, Yesu Akwagala. Again, Luganda, that means Jesus loves you. Now, last week, I ran out of time and didn't pray for people. And uh, please forgive me on that one. And I'm going to try to make sure that I leave time to pray for needs uh, today in, in this broadcast. Well, we are in Luke chapter 5. I wanted to go back to, um, let's begin in verse 29 uh, today, and then we're probably going to get through um, verse verse 39. At least that's what I'm hoping to do, but let's just say Lord willing. Now, before we get into the word, of course, the reason why I always pray before I open the word is because I want to put myself in a position of humility to to demonstrate to the Holy Spirit that unless he teaches me, I'm not going to get anything out of his word. So I'm I'm putting myself in a position of need and reverence and humility. That's why I pray the way I'm going to pray in just a moment before I open up his word because I want to honor him. And so Father, I bring um, myself and 
my dear brothers and sisters in Christ before your throne of grace. And we ask that you, Holy Spirit, our teacher, would lead us and guide us into all the truth. And we ask that the result would be that we would become more like Jesus and that our lives would please and glorify and honor the Father and the Son through the fruit that we uh, demonstrate by your power, Holy Spirit. Do miracles in this broadcast today. Save souls, heal bodies, provide financially for people that are, are lifting their voices and crying out to you. And we ask that you would produce great fruit in our lives, both presently and eternally, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Luke chapter 5, we're in our 31st uh, message on the in the Know Your Faith series. And uh, let's begin in, uh, well, let me just go back to verse 27. After that, Jesus went out and saw or observed a tax collector. Remember, the Jewish religious leaders absolutely hated tax collectors, and his name was Levi, or his he's, he was also called Matthew, sitting in the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And Matthew immediately left everything behind and got up and began to follow him. And it's amazing as I mentioned last week, that Matthew was a very wealthy man, but he got his wealth, his riches, uh, corruptly, dishonestly. Well, in verse 29, Luke tells us, and Levi or Matthew gave a big reception for Jesus in his house, and there was a great crowd of tax collectors and other people who were reclining at the table with them. So they were they were eating with Jesus over a meal. And you see that throughout Luke's gospel, as I mentioned uh, last week. Well, verse 30, the Pharisees and their scribes began grumbling at Jesus' disciples, saying, and they would have said it in a, a demanding tone of voice, why? Do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and sinners? What is wrong with you? That's basically what they were saying. But notice that when someone's heart is not right, when they're jealous, when they have anger or hatred or, or uh, ungodly motives, what they will always do is they will go around behind someone's back. That's what they did in this particular case. They were trying to get Jesus' disciples to stop following him. They may have even uh, tried to intimidate them as well. But Jesus caught wind of it. Jesus found out what was happening, and he came over to them. And he answered, verse 31, and said to them, the, ta the Pharisees and scribes, it is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. That's, a, that's an obvious thing that they would have understood. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And again, as I mentioned last week, this is not Jesus 
saying to the Pharisees and scribes, you're righteous. No, as we look elsewhere in Scripture, particularly in Matthew 23, they were actually the worst sinners of all because they paraded themselves as righteous before God. And Jesus says, in actuality, you're nothing but hypocrites. Your hearts are far away. Your, your hearts are filled with greed and pride and lust and all these things that the Pharisees were cleverly able to hide from the people. They got the admiration of the people, but they did not have the admiration of God. That's for sure. And so what Jesus was doing here is he was sending a message to them. You think you're righteous, but you're not. And the tax collectors elsewhere, he says, I think it's in Luke 8, the tax collectors and sinners will get into the kingdom of heaven before you do. Wow, that, that, is, that is powerful. Well, they didn't like this. And so in verse 33, they then say to him, the disciples of John often fast and offer prayers. The disciples of the Pharisees also do the same, but yours eat and drink. Well, Jesus said to them in verse 34, you cannot make the attendance of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them, can you? But the days will come and when, but the days will come and when the bridegroom is taken away from them, then they will fast in those days. I'll stop right there before we go on uh, any further. Now, it's interesting as we seek to understand our faith and, and understand the times of Jesus, it, it's interesting that for the Pharisees and even the disciples of John, fasting was not a joyful thing. It was a in fact, the Pharisees and the scribes really didn't show much joy. How do we know that? Well, if you if you look with me in Matthew chapter 6, if you have your uh, Bible, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. What does Jesus say? Remember now, he is teaching his disciples. And he says, beware of of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Now, then in verses 16 through um, 19, he says this, Whenever you fast, again, he's speaking to his disciples, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Were they fasting with the right heart? No, they were not. They were fasting to impress people, and they, they acted intense and gloomy because that made the people think that they were very holy and righteous. Well, Jesus goes on and he says, Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. 
That is, they were noticed by men and they were admired by men, but they were not admired by God. But you, verse 17 of Matthew 6, again speaking to his disciples, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men. In other words, just carry on like you normally do. Just behave like you would any other day and don't be sad or religious or heavy hearted or intense. Just walk around like you normally do and don't even let them know that you're fasting. Let me read it again. Verse 17, Matthew 6, but you, that is his disciples, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, my friends, it is so important for us to see and to understand that the Pharisees were arrogant, they were boastful, they uh, loved sitting in the places of honor, they wore very fancy clothes, and Jesus rebuked them all. As a matter of fact, Jesus throughout the Gospels um, points out or uncovers the Pharisees as greedy. For example, in Luke chapter 16 and verses 14 and 15, let me read this. Again, if you have a Bible, just turn with me to Luke chapter uh, 16 and verses 14 and 15. Um, now the Pharisees, Luke tells us, who were lovers of money, were listening to all these things and were scoffing at him. That is, they were mocking him. They were showing contempt towards Jesus. Can you imagine that? And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts for that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God offensive in the sight of God. Now, my friends, especially those of you who are leaders in the church, you I want you to, you to tell me, if you could, why is it, why is it that so many Christian leaders are no different than the Pharisees that Jesus rebuked? Why is it that so many Christian leaders brag about the size of their church, brag about their ministry, always want to wear the best clothes, always want people to come up and serve them, always want people to think that they are so close to God, that they're better than the people that they lead. Why is it that, think about this, why is it, why is it that so many Christian leaders are harsh and so demanding and so impatient, and even yell and scream at the people. And let me ask you this question. Is that the spirit of Jesus Christ? Does that show any humility 
Is there any fruit of the Spirit in them? Can they can they say like John the Baptist, speaking of Jesus, he must increase and I must decrease? Now, if you're a leader in the body of Christ and you are not showing people Jesus, you are not drawing people to Jesus and getting out of the way, If in your preaching ministry, they can't see Jesus, but they can only see you. Then you have a serious problem before God. You don't have the right motives to lead in the body of Christ. If you're a leader in the church with the wrong motives, you're in big, big trouble. I'm telling you the truth. If you are in a position of leadership so that you can become rich off the people of God or so that you can be noticed by men or so that you can have a high place in your society, my God, you are you are you're in a place of judgment. Now, the grace of God is here, my friend. The grace of God is available to you to humble yourself, to repent of your sin, to be a man or woman of the word, and to be a man or a woman that takes the fruit of the Holy Spirit seriously. What is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? It is love. The Greek word love means Uh, unconditional love. It means a sacrificial, serving, giving love, just like God the Father, who loved the world, who so loved the world that he, who so loved the world that he gave his only unique son. You see, that was a sacrificial giving. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, which is independent of circumstances, Love, joy, peace. And that means that we we walk in peace around others, especially when no one else is looking with our own spouse, husband or wife. Love, joy, peace, patience. This word, I like to call it the Jesus kind of patience. The kind of patience that goes as far as it can go without exploding towards others or without getting angry. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Kindness. Jesus, God is kind towards even the ungrateful. Jesus was kind towards sinners. Are you kind to everybody that you come into contact with? Love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness. Are you walking in the fruit of goodness when no one else can see what you're doing but God? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Are you faithful with what God puts before you? Are you faithful? Only God knows whether you're faithful or not. 
and self-control. Do you, are you increasing in the fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control? Now, my friend, listen, when we fall short, God is not there to condemn us. He is there to gently convict us so that we will humble ourselves before him and say, Father, please forgive me of losing my temper. Please forgive me of lusting. Please forgive me uh, for boasting. Please forgive me for not walking in love. Or please forgive me for, for not walking in patience. Well, what will happen? Then he'll forgive you. And then what happens is that you and I become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit in those situations. Now, we may not have to repent of the same sin 100 or 1,000 times. But if that is the case, God will forgive us every single time. But we have to repent. We have to ask him to forgive us. And what is his promise? What is his promise when we ask him to forgive us? Well, we read about it in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the promise of God our Father when we humble ourselves and confess our sins. You see, my friends, if you're a Christian or a Christian leader, it is so vital that we protect our hearts on a daily basis. That we keep our hearts pure and clean and innocent before God. That we do business with God. That we don't let sin pile up so that our hearts become hard towards God. That is dangerous. And I can't tell you, I just, I've been a Christian now for, since 1980 or 81. I don't know which, which day I got saved. But I have seen so many arrogant Christian leaders and the shame and the damage that that brings to the body of Christ. No wonder James tells us in James chapter 3, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, for in so doing, you will incur a stricter judgment. And let me tell you, I can, I can say to you, you know, I've been a, a minister of the gospel since 1992. That's when I got ordained. I was preaching before that, but let's just say that's, that's when I officially became a full-time minister of the gospel. And let me just tell you something. God deals with me very strictly. I don't mean in a harsh way. That's not what I mean. But what I do mean is he won't let me get away with anything. When I sin, the Holy Spirit convicts me of my sin. Or he just grows silent and distant. And then I come to him right away and I say, Father, what have I done? That, that when, the, when the Lord is silent with me because of my sin, well, that gets my attention very quickly. Now, there are times when the Lord is silent 
And it's not because I'm sinning. And that's because he wants me to walk by faith and not by sight or emotion. But what about you, my friends? You see, God loves us too much to allow us to get away with sin. He doesn't want us to become like Pharisees. He doesn't want us to act in an ungodly manner. And so he always gently convicts us. He doesn't condemn us, but that conviction is gentle, but it is piercing, isn't it? And that is the love of God because he wants us to become like Jesus Christ. Let's pray. I want to give an invitation of for anybody out there that has never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And if you are ready to receive him and repent of your sins, then I want you to pray with me this simple prayer out loud. These words, Lord Jesus Christ, pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I have not lived my life for you, but I ask you to forgive me of my sin and come and live your life in me and I will live for you and I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have come into my life, that you are now my Lord and Savior, that you have forgiven me of sin and you have made me a brand new person and given me eternal life. And now, friends, for those of you who, who prayed to receive Jesus, let us pray for you. Father, we pray that you would protect these men, women, and children, brand new Christians, from the lies of the evil one and from persecution. Help them to stand firmly and courageously in faith all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, for those of you who are in positions of leadership in the church and you have just, your heart is not right before God and you know it and God has convicted you, I want you to pray with me as well. These words, pray with me. Lord Jesus, I am your servant and you have entrusted your people to me so that I can hand them back to you better than when I found them. Forgive me, Lord Jesus, for taking your place. Forgive me for loving the approval of man more than loving your approval. Forgive me for my boasting and my greed. Forgive me for lying. Forgive me for hypocrisy. I humble myself before you now, Father, and I ask you to cleanse me from all unrighteousness and help me to live in a way that is pleasing to you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, for others that you are standing in need of just desperate need, desperate need 
Father, I pray that you would meet the financial needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'm asking, Lord Jesus, you know that I'm running short of time. I'm asking that you would heal bodies all over this listening audience. Cancer, broken bones, inability to breathe well, um, blindness and deafness. I rebuke malaria in the name of Jesus. I command malaria to come out of your bodies in the name of Jesus. And Father, I'm asking, we're asking that you would release signs, wonders, and miracles right now for people all over this listening audience. And may you alone get the glory, Lord Jesus. You are the great physician. I am only your servant that is required to pray in faith. May you be glorified with all the fruit from today's broadcast, both now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Until next week, this is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradably.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way.